The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 268 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA, Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing well. Um, we're right in the thick of the in-season tournament, which everyone's just buzzing about. And, or at least some people are. And we were talking before the show, like, do you care? Can you follow it? That's the hardest thing. Has it helped? Has it not? And then you were watching some of the games and you did see an impact. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually interested. So you touted a few teams at the start of the in-season tournament and their Bovada Sportsbook odds. Mm-hmm. Did any of them advance to the second round? I know the Hawks were one, the Timberwolves were one. Both of those teams did not make it. I, uh, I mean, the the Timberwolves were my big pick. They were like, I thought, you know, they were 20, I think 25 to one. I'll try to find the post. They ended up three and one. So it kind of worked, but they did not win their bracket. And um, they did not have a high enough point differential. To no, get zero one point card. differential. So that's yeah. not great. But the Kings won, although the Kings were one of the other teams that I thought had a good chance in my write-up in the preseason. Because I'm like, they're the kind of team that like tries hard, you yeah. know, and they have a good chemistry and um, and they they ended up going 4-0 in their little bracket. I, and the, the annoying thing about the tournament, like you said, the games were talking about more competitive. I agree. You know, we saw the Boston Celtics hacking to get the point differential up. I just it's just a little annoying that I have to like click three different tabs to find out like who actually won the tournament, so, you know, the bracket or whatever. I actually agree with that. So and I do think like it'll become second nature. I, I do want to say that like the tournament, I, the NBA, I think, would say that the tournament has been a success. The um, weeknight games, I think ratings are up about 7% over games from last year. This is from Sports Business Journal. And then um, Friday night games are up like 25% in terms of viewers from last year. And I don't know that, you know there's a lot of different things that go on in terms of, you know, there's a right, there was the writer strike. So there's not a lot of new TV content. So I don't want to say like, it's just the in-season tournament, but I think we did see some examples that NBA teams cared. Like I watched Cleveland and Philly was basically a, a de facto like elimination game because it was very hard to get in at three and one. And like, Cle- like Philly played Joel and like 45 minutes with a back to back the next day against the Timberwolves, they chose to play him against Cleveland instead of Minnesota because like, I think the end season tournament was more important to them. Well, the other thing they think that the NBA did well, because when I was doing my write up, like who's going to win this? And I thought, you know, teams that are relatively young, that's why I thought Minnesota and teams that care and teams that are not worried about load managing as much, but it turns out that has been the least important factor. Because like you said, like it's, they're trying, like they're not, You know, I I wrote about like, you know, I almost considered New Orleans, but I'm like, I don't know. Are they going to play Zion hard all year? But look like they it's early in the season, too. So the injuries aren't really racking up yet. And so New Orleans wins their bracket at three and one. But to your to your point of like finding out like what the standings are, what people need to advance. Like, so Mm -hmm. the Celtics thing was a very interesting one, right? They needed to win by 20. They needed to beat the Bulls, um, I believe, on Tuesday night by 23 or more points to advance as a wild card. They start hacking Andre Drummond. They're like up 30. And in one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time, like Joe Mazzula had to like explain to Billy Donovan what he was doing because otherwise you just kind of look like, you know, you're running up the score, but and so it's like, did, did Billy Donovan, does he one, not know the rules or two, does he not care about the in season tournament? Whereas like the Celtics clearly did know the rules and did want to advance in the in season tournament. And like, that to me is a failure by the NBA, right? And it's just like you saying, like, all right, I can't find the standings. And it's like, if guys don't know the rules and half the league's on board, then that's kind of to say that, like, maybe this isn't going to take off after the novelty wears off. Maybe this well, isn't I, going to take off the way that we think. I have enjoyed the games and I have thought, yeah, for early season games, I have watched probably, I don't know, 10 in season tournament games, I would say. Like, and you can't miss that they're in season tournament games because the courts are so bad. But 
I, I do think the quality of play has been higher in terms of like give a crap than I would normally say. I, I'm very surprised by that as well, to be honest. Are you have you seen that yourself yeah. with your eye test? Yes. And just like closer games, starters playing, that's important. I mean heavy minutes. And Doc Rivers mentioned it on Bill Simmons podcast, and I think it's borne out a little bit where he's like, this is a good opportunity for coaches to kind of sort of get playoff-ish reps and, you know, what's the rotation and when it matters as opposed to the regular season. So that's been interesting. And I think it's only going to get better from here in terms of like once the bracket is set and then you can actually like make your picks and maybe bet who's going to win, you know, more easily. We could look at that now um, because the field is going to set who would Bovada have as the favorite right now? The Bucks. They have a whole. Well, let's game. let's say who's who won. So, oh yeah, Indiana was... won their bracket four and zero. They've been hot, obviously. Bucks four and zero, one of the powerhouses, and Celtics three and one. Again, another like preseason powerhouse. Team. But they're so the Celtics are a wild card though. No, Celtics won their bracket by a tiebreaker. The Knicks squeaked in with a plus ten point difference. Oh, and three. the Suns are the other wild card. Yes, and then in the in the West, the Lakers four and zero dominant best point differential the suns were the wild card in that bracket again i'm not sure why they don't do it by divisions i don't know they have a logic for it but still i think they should probably do it just to make it easier pelicans won their Um, bracket and the kings pelicans and kicks yeah so those are the eight teams and so the four there's four teams that went four and oh and they Mm -hmm. get the home games so it's celtics at pacers on monday Pels at Kings on Monday, and then Suns at Lakers on Tuesday. Fun game, and then Knicks at Bucks on Tuesday. And so, like, I so I, well, here's the favorite. So it's like kind of what you would think. It's I actually think it's a little more skewed to like the rational because it's you know whatever one and done. Anything can happen. Bovada is saying, look, the best teams are going to win. Boston plus three hundred, Milwaukee plus three fifty, and then the teams that you wouldn't expect, like the bottom. Indiana plus 1400, 14 to one, Knicks 16 to one. So, do you think you lean to the best teams? Do you go for the money, the pay? Yeah. So, what I was going to say is that I think I would, I think it's a mistake. One, Boston looks incredibly strong. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, they're, they're, they have the best record of the NBA as of us are recording half a game better than the Wolves just because they played one more game, but 14 and four, you know, they, they look very, you know, we were talking kind of about their depth and it, it does look like that, you know, they'll, they'll be all right. Um, but I do think Indiana, who did get absolutely blasted by Boston early in the year, like 155 to like 104, right? If you recall. Um, but Indiana is like taking this very seriously. And Tyrese Halliburton is playing really, really well. And they have a home game. I don't understand. Not that I'm saying Boston shouldn't be favored. But I don't understand Milwaukee not being the favorite on Bovada. Because I, I do over think... Over Boston? Over or in, Boston. in that game? Just over Boston in general. Oh, to win the whole thing. I do think well, once you get to... Why do you think that is? Kind of whatever, right? They're they're all in Vegas, you know, the semifinals and the finals. But I do think having one home game versus, I, I would say that we... I think the Knicks are the weakest team. I think I would rather play the Knicks than I would play the Pacers in Indiana right now just because, you know, they could score 140 points on you where we're not so concerned with that uh, with the Knicks. But I, I do think the Bucks having a home game should make them more of a favorite than boston and then like i said once it gets once it gets to the semis and the finals i I don't think it matters it's a neutral site game you know i would expect the suns to beat the lakers i don't know that for sure i do think lebron will play absolutely as hard as he can i don't know that i will get that from kevin durant and devin booker but i I do think we'll get it from lebron um and then pelicans kings i think is a really interesting one because like you said i think i expect the kings to play a lot harder but we would expect the pelicans to play their best lineup right we're not going to see them load manage in those spots like yeah so your your argument in case people aren't following because it's also new to us boston won their group but because they were three and one and not four and oh they have to go on the road they have to go on the road so there's only quarterfinals are one home game but then it goes to semifinals and finals in vegas and those are neutral site games well i think if you were making tweaks this is what i would say I don't understand putting them. I, the the idea of putting them in groups is to balance the quality, but it's like who cares? Just try to make it memorable. Try to make me follow what's going on. Put them in divisions. Not that people know the divisions, but it makes it a little. You know easier. the divisions, don't you? No, I really don't because it, it never mattered. It doesn't know? matter. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, 
and they made it matter less and less. Remember when they like the seeds used to be messed up on like Dirk and the Spurs were good and they would get lower seeds because they were in the yeah, same Yeah, because they didn't win their division. Yeah. Yeah. So they used to get got rid of that. The things I would tweak are that. And then I would say, um, maybe make why aren't we doing this, you know, Tuesdays and Fridays? Why don't we just do it for like a month or something straight? Like it's just it's hard to remember like what days are what, why does it matter? Why are we separating this? It's hard to build momentum. And then the last thing I'd say is like, I think that momentum will kick in, in the actual eight man tournament in Vegas. I think there'll be some vibes there, but why not make it bigger? I, you know, that's, like what, I, that's what I was going to say, but yeah, it doesn't make only sense. Eight, eight of 30 teams. It's, it's more so, exclusive than the playoffs. So you part know? of it, it right. Part of it, I think is that, they needed to make this schedule work without playing mm-hmm. a substantial amount more games, right? And if you go into a bracket situation, the more bracket games you have, the more games you can't control for other teams, right? But I agree with you, and I do think that the NBA is going to look at this and, like, let's just look at the teams they're in, right? Okay, so you have Boston. That's great. They're the best team. You have LeBron. That's great. You have Kevin Durant. That's great. You have Giannis, that's great. You don't have Luka, you know, you don't have Anthony Edwards is very popular right now. You don't have Joel Embiid, you don't have Jokic. Like, dude, does the NBA really want that? And so, like, I think they're saying to themselves, like, hey, this is, like you said, it's exclusive, it's it's cool, like, we want it to be, people to be incentivized. But ultimately, like, from a marketing perspective, do we really want an in-season event where, like, the best players don't all have a chance, right? Because conceivably, in, in the NBA, the best players all have a chance at the start of the year, right? And like, even if we think certain players are going to lose in the second round or lose in the first round every year, they can still make the playoffs and they still have an opportunity. Do we really want to play this game where like, you know, Philly, Denver, Dallas, that they, they well, just it's just a nature. Right? You know, I love tournaments. That's like oh, my defining. It's great. Culture. So why not just make it 16 teams? And just yeah, have- like the, the one of the things as a tournament expert. By the way, are you watching Squid Game, the reality show? No, version? I didn't watch the first Squid Game, but I've heard it. Well, I recommend both, by the way. I, Do I have, it, don't I have to, not, not to like, not to go completely off track for a right. second, but we haven't talked about TV in no, a while. No, you did not have to watch both. No. Do I have to watch subtitles is my question. Uh, you do have to watch subtitles for the, the first one. Scripted one, yeah. But this one, the, the, English, the one that yeah. just came out is in English. Yes. And it's, and it's sort of like Mr. Did you ever see the Mr. Beast video? Like. I don't know how he got the rights, but do you know who Mr. Beast is? I do. Time? I am aware of who Mr. Beast is. Okay. So Mr. Beast. You know how much like, money Mr. Beast makes in a year, by the way? Because it'll make like, you feel good. Like, yeah, like 20 million, 30 yeah, million. Yeah, lots of money. Well, he spent, after the Squid Game, he spent, like he said, like 20 million doing a video, like a 10 minute, 20 minute video, like mock Squid Game. And this I is recall, just basically yeah. that, but over the course of a season. I think it's well done. And it falls back on the idea of, Tournaments are fun. 400 people fighting, you know, for one spot. Who's going to be the ultimate winner? Blood sport, basically. And the NC, this does not really have that feel because of the group stage. Like, let's get to the tournament. Let's get 16 teams in there. Or, you know, could almost do 32. Somehow, you know, figure it out so it feels like the fun of March Madness is that there are so many teams, you know? I mean, you could do you could do pool play and then seed 1 to 16 on each side based on yeah. how teams and have and everybody you just have to play really, in the tournament. Because, you know, I think college football is wrestling with this, too. Like, how big should their tournament be? It's gone from 2 to 4. And I think, what is it, next year it's going to be 12? Yeah, next year is 12. Or so 12 no, actually 12. works well because... You do get those buys. Well, that's, uh, the scheduling I, is an issue again. And I think that's what the NBA is struggling with the most is that they need to figure out how to incentivize teams to want to win their pool. Right. And like, here's the thing if you need to load manage a, uh, a situation and like, y- you know, everybody's going to make pool play or everybody's going to make bracket play, then like, what do you care really? Right. You, you, maybe you play a better team, but ultimately, like, if you're Boston, you're going to take your chances against everybody. So, like, they need to make sure that happens. So yeah, you're right. Maybe a buy is better, but I do think I think they should look to make this 16 teams in in, yeah. in terms of a bracket. And, and then I also, I wonder I, you could probably do a pretty cool losers bracket that like I don't know. Maybe you get an extra second round pick or something. They're not going to do that, obviously. But well, like, and also like the other thing we'll have to see is like is this payout going to work? Because it's five hundred thousand dollars for each person. They're kind of hyping it up as like the bench guys get an extra 500 which is i cool. mean it's a lot of money for a minimum contract guy you know yeah but they're not gonna be playing so that's kind of weird and um but have you ever had the concept of a team 
Xandric, where you, you play <laughs> for true. your teammates. Like, I, I will I think, say one of the, one of the things I did learn coaching in college was that when you played bad teams, and we were good when I was at Temple, but when you play bad teams, every time we played like a bad game against a bad team, guys would get yelled at afterwards because they'd be like, you know, it's your job to make sure that you blow this team out so the guys that don't play often can get in in this game. Like that's a, an incentive for you to try to play better. And so, like, I would say this is kind of how this works. Like, yeah, we expect to see the stars and maybe 500, you know, 500 grand certainly doesn't matter to LeBron James. In theory, you would expect LeBron James to want to win that money because the money matters to Max Christie, right? Like, yeah, that's that's the thought process here. It's funny that you're just that selfish, though, by the way. You don't even care. (laughs) No, no, I do care, but it's just like it's going to be Sky celebrating for watching other guys play basketball. Um, the, that happens in the NBA finals too, <laughs> right? Like, right? like you go through this whole process together, where you're practicing, you're together all the time. That, the, what I think with this is that it's very quick, so I don't I guess you're fine being a. I'm a bus. You're a bus rider. You're like Durant, and I want to lead. I want to drive. No, no, but I, I think the issue is, and I understand why they did to start the year. Like, I get it. It, it. It's definitely been good. Like the ratings are better. Like we get it. But it is hard. This is the first year it's in existence. We don't know how much like the actual trophy matters. And it is only eight teams, right? So it is tougher, I think, for guys to be like, man, we really went through this tournament, right? Where if you look at it, they're trying to mirror soccer. And like, because there are teams, you know, if you're in the FA Cup, for example, in English soccer. Oh, no. Somehow we fell into your No, no, but I'm saying you 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 can be a non league team and you can play against a Premier League team. And so there's that whole like upset possibility. It never really happens, but it can happen. Whereas in this, it's just the same 32 teams that you always play against. So I don't know if guys really like, you know, you're not going to get in a situation, like you said, with the NCAA tournament where you got a 15 seed up three with three and a half minutes to go against a two seed and everybody's tuning in, right? Like that's very hard to, I think, uh, I'm trying to think the right word. That's very hard to emulate in this tournament. And that's why I think being bigger is better because it, it gives you an opportunity to kind of create more rivalries, create more games and what have you. But that's that's what I think the NBA is going to struggle with moving forward is, you know, the first year it's cool, but the second year, the third year, the fourth year, like where are the storylines? Like how do, you, how do you get it going that people want yeah. to tune in? And I think there's going to be a lot of like the history of the in-season tournament is going to be written in hindsight for these two reasons. One is like, okay, it'll be fun little diversion in December, but like, w- did it matter in the regular season to the history of the regular season? Like, for example, and I think it mostly matters for like those middling teams like New Orleans and Indiana. If Indiana wins the in-season tournament and, you know, carries that momentum to like the seventh seed or sixth seed, the, it'll be seen as a success. Like, hey, yeah. give them the confidence, the wind in their sails. And you don't want to tank, right? If you're Indiana, like, hey, yeah. we didn't trade Buddy Heald. We didn't trade Miles Turner. And we won the in-season tournament. And we made the playoffs. And it was a fun year. And that that right. that helps. But what happens if Indiana wins the mid-season tournament and then finishes in the 10th spot? It's I like, then it was all for naught, right? Maybe, was it, though? Like, you still won the in-season tournament. It's still a trophy, right? You still want to compete for a trophy. Yes. But then it would show, like, it didn't really mean anything in terms of so, momentum. And then the other thing, too, is, like, we saw it, this in the in the college football a little bit a couple guys getting injured in their last game if somebody gets injured it's going to be irrational but if somebody gets injured in the in-season tournament they're going to blame the in-season tournament i you know what i mean like if lebron like i understand Achilles or i understand like first of all wild i understand saying that but like also you're still playing the same amount of games like but they're going to say you're, they're playing too hard, too soon, maybe, too yeah, many minutes, maybe. whatever it is. I mean, that was a big thing. That was a big thing in baseball with like the pitch clock was like, oh, we don't have enough time in between pitches because like pitchers aren't meant to throw this much in 15 seconds or 30 seconds mm-hmm. or whatever. So I do agree with that. Like you might get a, you know, we don't need to be all the way ramped up by now. But that is like, like you said, that is an extremely irrational excuse, I would say. Yeah, but they also the, the winner is going to play. The two teams in the finals are going to play one extra game. One extra Maybe game. That'll be excuse. Like, oh, that one extra game is what blew out Giannis's knee or whatever it is. I mean, it's possible. Is there a, um, I can't remember this, but there are Bovada odds on who will, for in-season tournament MVP. Oh, do they actually have it? I don't know. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's a part of it too, right? Like, there are like teams. I think they do name like the all star team from, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, who could ever remember your in season tournament stats? No, I mean, they don't have that on Bovada. Don't they, don't they, don't King or Suns fans still like very fondly look back on the bubble for being like, yeah, the team of the bubble? I mean, but that did actually in hindsight carry over. Like, that Suns thing was actually real. Yeah, they made the finals the next year, and then Chris Paul didn't win even though he became addicted to playing in the finals so i don't know like i said i i so i I watched warriors kings which was the last in-season tournament game on tuesday night um the kings needed to win by win or lose by less than 12 points um to make the tournament if they did not the warriors would get in right so it's literally that scenario they mentioned it no less than four thousand times while i was watching that it was happening so the league is making a conscious effort to do it. I did think that the Warriors came out. It was, it was, uh, I think the Kings ended up coming back from 24 down. They won. Malik Monk hit a late shot. Draymond, I mean, he's just so out of control. It's, it's like, I think that the Warriors. Yeah, did we even talk about his headlock thing? No, because like, so that's what I want to talk about. But I, I, okay. I will say like real quick, just to put a bow on it. Like the Kings were playing very, very hard and and put minutes on their better players to make sure that they like they were doing their best to not lose by you know they were playing the game normally but like it mattered to them to make the tournament a hundred percent it mattered to them and they wanted to win to get a home game like and their fans were super into it it was a very fun atmosphere but yeah so Draymond Green there was a point in the third quarter he doesn't get a call and this will tie into the Rudy Gobert thing but he doesn't get a call he's like beacon at the refs he's like hand on the back of the refs they take him out of the game steve kerr is like literally talking to him on the sidelines well uh i think De'Aaron fox is shooting free throws you can see steve kerr basically pleading with him like please don't lose your mind like please don't and then what happens he gets a technical because he doesn't get a call he acts like an absolute jackass and like at this point even kenny smith like went off on him you know, and the NBA on TNT crew, like, they really like Draymond. He's there a lot. But Kenny Smith's right. Like, Draymond's in his 30s. He's got a bunch of titles. Like, buddy, you're way too old to be doing this. Like, if you're really trying to run this back, like, you can't be putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock and getting suspended for five games. Like, you can't just detonate your team's chances to win because, you know, the Warriors are really struggling right now. And part of it is that, like, Draymond and Klay Thompson look like they are totally done. And well, I you know what's interesting? They're eight and ten. To your point, like, and they're they're falling. You talk about Bovada, like they are not only considered like a worse team than say Sacramento in the standings, like the Vegas and the public seems to believe it now. Like for the division, they are well behind Sacramento. And Phoenix is the favorite in their division, plus one twenty. Sacramento plus three fifty. Warriors plus four seventy five. So they're just sort of like this team is not as good as as a Sacramento type team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that what do they start the season five and one, and since then they're what they are three and nine. I mean, this they're they're not playing, and part of that, you know, Draymond misses five games because of his nonsense with the Timberwolves that happened. Well, I thought it was so interesting that the obviously I was insane that he like what's Rudy Gobert in a headlock, and what bothers me about like the five game suspension is like that was more provocation. Then started the Ben Wallace runner test. You did. Mainly. You were talking about this. I, well, I, it's we true. Never... Like that. Like they were just like shoving each other. Like this is like a prolonged headlock. And the reason that it didn't escalate is because Rudy Gobert didn't escalate it. The Timberwolves didn't escalate it. The crowd didn't escalate Carl, it. I will. I will say if you watch the video, like Carl Towns is very clearly trying to put Draymond Green in a headlock and just <laughs> isn't able to do it, which is funny to me. But but again, yeah, you're right. But yeah, it's like so the intention was worse. I thought. And I thought Rudy Gobert correctly, like, I didn't realize, called out Draymond saying, like, every time Steph's not playing, he doesn't want to play. Dude, it's so crazy. Yeah, the stats, like, bore that out. You were the one that sent that to me, I think, that, like, he had been ejected, like, the last nine times or something, he had been ejected, like, six of the games were games that Steph Curry wasn't playing. Yeah, and that sort of shows, like, the sort of, like, is Draymond exposed as, like, being a Steph, like, you know, wagon rider or whatever. (laughs) whatever the term would be but i think it's more true than not like he he's clearly not as good without staff no and i think man i and so chris paul um got hurt last uh tuesday night didn't play 
But I think the Warriors are are in a really weird spot, right? And I think like Clay Thompson looks totally finished. Um, I don't know that like he is totally finished, but he really can't move laterally. You know, he's he's shooting just over 40% from the field, uh, 36% from three, which is obviously still pretty good, but he doesn't have the same ability to get shots off like he used to. He can't really guard like, and now you have Draymond who also, you know, you've been saying for years that Draymond is cooked, right? One, that he's overrated. Well, I don't know about but cooked, two, but like I thought he was overrated, yeah. Right, and it's very clear that he struggles in certain settings. I mean, I told you two years ago, I thought he was excellent in the finals after they like finally figured out like, they benched him for like the fourth quarter or whatever. And then he came back and he played really well and it mattered. But we, that, that guy's gone. I think like not, not that he can't do it. Well, you know what? I think games, he's, but he's so, I think he's overrated by like, they were so ahead of the curve by going small. And then That's now true. I think most teams can have some version of that lineup where it's like, and he was know. so spectacular defensively, like just yeah. his ability to also guard fives made them so special. But then their ability to space the floor and him to play make. And I don't I don't disagree with you. But remember, there was a long, you know, there were so many people trying to find like the next Draymond. And I do agree with you that the Warriors were first movers on that. But Luckily, like, it, you know, I think like, most teams, this is going to sound like sacrilegious, but I think most rosters have like a sort of Draymond ish guy I, on the roster. I, I do agree with that. Draymond ish. I don't. It's very hard to replicate what Draymond Green did for his like actual peak. Because he was basically their point guard as well, and he. Yeah, but I, I never thought he was particularly good at that. I thought he was really overrated. As, no, he as was a good at playmaker. He was good. He was like that, dribble though. wildly, over, you know, with that. Well, he was a bad finisher. He was a bad finisher at the rim for sure. hundred percent prone because he, he he was he you know and it's people We've have talked, this we point. have talked about this before though like turnovers in their own right are not always bad like well you know they're they're pass happy and that's good but like people have been criticizing. I saw the post on Reddit today. I wish I could name the poster. I forgot. But it's just stats. Steph Curry is assist to turnover ratio is the worst it's ever been. 4.1 assists, 3.8 turnovers. So he's getting yeah, sloppier he with the ball. He has 65 assists and 60 turnovers. But also, part of that's probably has to do a lot more, too. Yeah, and his point is on-off is the worst it's been. And I think part of that is, like, Chris Paul's good. You know, the bench is probably better the bench than was the better, starters yeah. now. Um, before like the starters would just crush people and the bench would be like mediocre. So that's changed, but I don't know that I think they're still trying to figure out the Chris Paul identity. They're still trying to figure out how much do we play these young guys. Kerr got some flack for not playing Moody, even though he was playing arguably better than the older guys. I, I don't really know what the solution is. I mean, they need to play Clay Thompson less. That's, that's the first one. Like he just has to play less. Uh, I think if they want to use him at the end of the year. I don't know. Moody is pretty good. By the way, Draymond Green, assist to turns, 54 assists, 20 turnovers. Pretty good. Pretty uh, good. And, you know, and obviously, by the way, Chris Paul, 7-1 to one turnover. Yeah, Chris, awesome. Chris Paul, 131 assists, 22. I mean, Chris Paul is like literally legendarily good at not turning the ball over. Him and Mike yeah. Conley, right? You know, like, but I, I don't know. The Warriors, to me, you know, the issue, I think, is that they need, like you said, Mooney, Moody has been good. Andrew Wiggins, I don't know what happened. You know, like... He outplays he's not Jason. aggressive. He just outplays half he's the same guy. It was like a purple patch, right? Like he just became really good for he outplayed Jason Tatum in a situation where Jason Tatum kind of I don't know, turtled, if you will. And then all of a sudden people were like, Man, Andrew Wiggins is so talented. And it's like, I'm guilty of it. He's so talented. He really is. But this is who he is, right? And he was gone for a large stretch of the season last year. Yeah. And he's just not able to be the guy when you need him to be. But I think I don't even think he's the problem. I think the problem is because whatever he's like Harrison Barnes, like whatever the fourth starter, he'll be fine. If I think the problem is that they just haven't empowered or found that reliable young guy, you know. And Jordan Poole like had a brief, you know, half year where he looked like it, then <laughs> cratered. But like Kaminga's still not the guy. Moody's no. still not the guy. Can but. Bodzemski get there. I don't he's know. He's not bad, but he's not again, bad he either. I agree. He doesn't play that much. Kevon Looney is very good at what he does, but like he just is who he is. You know. Like, Wait, can I ask you like one aside? Because Brandon Podiemski, whatever, Podiemski. is playing well at limited yeah. limited minutes as an older rookie. He doesn't look the part, as you say. Um, what What do you mean he doesn't look the part? He doesn't look the part. But you know, the one that I think was so interesting, not to jump back to college, 
have you been following the Kentucky kid? What's his name? Reed Shepard or something? Yeah, his dad was Jeff Shepard, who won Final Foremost Outstanding Player. Oh, no way. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. What are you talking about? I didn't realize that. Yeah, I totally remember Jeff Shepard. Yeah, it's Jeff Shepard's kid. Because they don't look, I mean, he's only 6'3", this kid. Right, and Shepard was more of a wing. This kid, Reed Shepard shoots the crap out of it. He had a huge game on Tuesday night against Miami. He's shooting, I mean, they're saying his advanced stats are off the charts because he doesn't look the part, but he, you know, 6'3", he looks like Austin Reed. He, shoot, he shoots kind of like his father, though. If 63% he, from three on four attempts a game, averaging 3.1 steals per game. Yeah, he's he's good. He was he was a highly ranked recruit. Like, he was like a top 35 really? kid. Yes. Oh, interesting. Because he, yeah, he looks like, like Brad I mean, Calipari on the court. This wasn't a favor. Reed Shepard was a very well-known player in high school. Oh, interesting. But he's small I mean, and white, steals. so you're, you're staring at Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I didn't realize any of this. Well, Podziemski's interesting because the way he plays is different than you'd expect, right? Like, a lot of good floaters. He's really athletic. Like He like, rebounds. Yeah, he, he does Shepard, a little of everything. Yeah, exactly. Podziemski was a really good rebounder. That's exactly right. Like, he's a great rebounder for a guard. Reed Shepard, on the other hand, is like, you know, just letting it fly from deep. <laughs> and he's re- he has had a great start to the year. I would assume he is firmly a first rounder right now on yeah, November oh, 29th. But do you think it's, yeah, do you think it's playing uh, Moody more, Bodzimski more, and, and Clay less? I think they what do. What about need to play- Gary Payton? Remember, he was on the team and big- he still is on the team. He had a, he I had know, like a great like- steal in transition last night. Um, but I, I would. I'm not or sure. is it a trade? I mean, you can't just like wither away if you have Chris Paul. I do think they need to play Andrew Wiggins at the four a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much he's playing at the four right now. It says 42%. I, I just think that, but they're also playing clay at like small forward a lot. So I, I'm not really sure. I would play Moody more. I do think they need to try to get a little bit more out of Kaminga. He's had like pretty good numbers, but it sounds like they're not super pleased with him. But also like, I think they're going to need to make some hard choices because we know well, that Clay's as, a free agent. Right. And I can't imagine he's getting an extension. Like I, it would be insane to me because he, they, they owe so much money already. Even if they don't extend him, they're going to owe but a when ton you say of money. you can't imagine he's going to extension. Like what if he accepts 15 million a year? How, are you paying? You're going to pay Clay Thompson 15 million a year. I mean, I understand I that there is, there is some sort of like lifetime achievement mm-hmm. award and that's fine. Yeah. And these guys are so rich that like, you can essentially do whatever, you know, like Mark Cuban just sold a majority stake in the Mavs for $3.5 billion. Right. So sure. If you want to pay Clay Thompson 15 million and then you have to pay an extra 40 million in luxury tax, like. But that, I mean, 15 million might be a discount. There's some people saying he still expects to be paid 30, 40 million a year. He's 33 years old. He's having like the worst season of his career. And it's not. But is there a dumb team that would buy into the name value? He, Andrew Wiggins and Kaminga, the three of them have just been really bad and they are playing a lot of minutes. And that's the problem. Like they have to find a way to get more production out of those minutes. And so, like I said, if it is Moses Moody, if it is. Even or do, you think, or do you think they should make a move like get uh, Zach Levine if they can? Does it need to be that big of a shakeup? But how do they do that though? Because if you get yeah, like, let's, let's let's say you get Zach Levine, right? Yeah, exactly. One, you have to match salary, so you could trade Clay Thompson. But uh, you got to think your fans are going to like riot, right? Like you, I mean, you can't. Trade yeah, you Clay can't Thompson. trade Clay. I mean, I mean, and again, you, you, I guess you could do it, but. I just think that the problem is, you know, they've, they've gone all in on this core. They got another title out of it, right? That's the first thing we should say. I do think the Warriors have been extremely lucky over the last few, the last decade in terms of how things worked out for them. I think they ran incredibly pure in terms of like decisions and how they happened, right? We've talked about that at length, but they do need Draymond. That's the other thing. Like I'm telling you that I think Draymond is not the same player he is before, but Draymond is clearly one of their best five players and he has to play. He has to be in games and he has to keep his mind Right. Otherwise, they have no chance because well, they don't do have anybody up, that can replicate what he does. Right. Even if you do think he's overrated, they well, don't he, have if they, another. If they have to add like an infusion, like an actual, you know, starter. You have Chris Paul, 30 million. But he's also non-guaranteed, right? So they can just cut him after the year. Yeah. So maybe they don't. But if you're talking about not like disposable players, you look at Gary Payton, 9 million. Yeah. Kaminga's six. Throw him in as like a trade bait. So that's 15. Corey Joseph and Saric get combined six million, so you can get up to like twenty million. But they need Dario Saric; he's been like one of their best well, players. That's what, what I'm saying. saying. Twenty million, you get in Bojan Bogdanovic. Does that help you enough? Probably not, right? Like those guys that you're talking about. Like part of the Warriors' 
you know what, what they need because of their age is they do need some depth as well, right? Like you need to. But have like, guys- would the Detroit trade Bojan Bogdanovich for Kaminga and salary? I think Detroit. I don't know if they would. Detroit would probably do it. Detroit yeah. is pretty interested. De- Detroit is kind of like if you were the general Detroit's, manager of a team because like Detroit two get and fifteen. In. Yeah, they're so bad. Honestly, like do you want to bring Bojan Bogdanovich, who's thirty four, into this mix. Monty Williams got paid what eighty million dollars or whatever. Like, and I'm not even saying this is Monty Williams' fault. The roster is, and I, I think you were more critical of Troy Weaver than I was, yeah. but yeah. he has done some things that just make. They lost by like thirty to the Wizards. Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't close. And it's not that you know they have some players that are interesting, but also like, why did they pay Marvin Bagley thirty million dollars? Like, why did they trade for James Wiseman and then like they traded for him and then. Now they know he can't play. So, like, you're not playing him. What are you getting out of that? Like, just cut James Wiseman. Like, don't put him in the game. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. Don't but play, the, Kill- the, don't play Killian talk- Hayes. Like, <laughs> we talked about last week. Like, those are like the vultures are circling teams like that or teams like Washington and maybe Chicago is now in that boat where it's just like, these guys are dead. Let's just pick off the uh, usable pieces. Speaking of the Wizards, did you see Kevin Garnett's? rant on jordan pool by the way <laughs> yeah i did actually he's so funny on that. and it's funny like garnett is really interesting in the media role i've talked about this before but like he does have an a level of credibility that you wouldn't expect because we know that he did all the stuff he talks about about like playing hard and it being his life like that has always been backed up right it's not like when Shaq makes comments about guys needing to be in shape and stuff and you're like all right Shaq, like you know you didn't do this but like i watched that and i was like man garnett really is disgusted when he watches Jordan Poole. Like, he is really disgusted by him. And if you have that as your reputation, like, what's next for you? I mean, obviously, he's set for life. He got paid a bunch of money, but, like, there's already rumors. He of the got Wizards. the Jordan Poole. Yeah, that was, like, the, the big Jordan Poole. But I'm saying, <laughs> like, Zan, there's already rumors that the Wizards are trying to trade him. On this unserious team where they're trying to lose, they don't want Jordan Poole around the rest of their players. I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut him because he's been so no, bad. At him. They can't cut. Him. They can't cut him. They can't cut him. I don't know. This is but just like he is. I mean, he's. We said like he might lead the NBA in scoring, and he's taking sixteen shots a game. But like he's shooting under thirty percent from three, under forty percent from two. Like, yeah, I'm looking at like he's his advanced stats look like the worst. I just want to make sure they're the worst. Because I mean, if, minus you, if seven you were per. if you were writing a column today about least valuable player like it would be him or killian hayes right like those have been well yeah we tend to avoid like the maybe you you might vote for like james harden just because but he's actually not been like that bad is is jordan who's the who's been the worst player in the NBA? he's been the that's what i'm trying to find like the vorp and all that stuff because his is really bad i mean it's it's bad he's horrendously bad and he's just playing a lot you know right, so, and that's like, the most other guys but they, like but that again they're trying andrew wiggins andrew wiggins might truthfully be the worst player in the nba like he's taken such a huge step back, and the Warriors actually like need him. So Andrew Wiggins and Poole have the worst VORPs. If we're talking about VORPs specifically, oh, you found it. So who has the worst? Andrew Wiggins and Poole have the worst VORPs. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, worst box plus minus is Poole. Uh, in terms of like actually hitting, like Scoot Henderson's numbers are absolutely horrific. Yeah. But like he hasn't played a ton. He's been hurt, and Portland stinks. But yeah, Poole has the worst. Uh, box plus minus Wiggins is third. Your guys, I hear Williams fourth, right. Kaminga fifth. I mean, that's really bad. Um, yeah, and and like usually in the if we talk about LVP, if you're a fan of that, usually we try not to do team, you know, tanking teams. So it would probably be like the Warriors, and I wouldn't put Memphis <laughs> we, in the tanking. We category. don't we don't care so much about we don't care so much about like you shouldn't look. I don't think about like offensive and defensive box plus minus like just in terms of like those stats aren't the be all end all but by offensive box plus minus zaire williams has the worst in the nba but wiggins and kaminga are in the top 10 which is really bad like and the those red, are guys listen, like who are supposed to be like pool supposed to be an offensive player listen listen to this list right okay so if we're just talking about the worst box plus worst offensive box plus minus zaire williams marcus smart Tumani Camera, which is like whatever, he's a defensive player anyway, and he's 23. Poole, Kaminga, David Roddy, Torian Prince, Wiggins, Malachi Branham, and Christian Wood. That's not a list you want to be on. You know what I mean? Like, well, it also shows like a, because you think some of these like box plus minus, like 
ends up being who's in your rotation as correct. well. Yeah, yeah, correct. And so it shows you something's a little rotten in Memphis. Obviously, we knew that, but also the Warriors and also the Lakers. It sounds like they're you know have some clunky lineups, non LeBron lineups, maybe. All right, here's my nomination for worst player in the NBA for least valuable player right now. Mm-hmm. Ready? So they have to play a good amount. I'm going to give you five. Okay. Cool is obviously on the list. Wiggins is obviously on the list. So those two. Here are my others. Torian Prince. He's played 485 minutes. He has the worst qualifying player efficiency rating in the NBA. He is also very bad in terms of warp, bottom 10. Okay. And like I said, he's played a ton. You ready for another one? And this is partially because like the Pistons just aren't very good. Cade Cunningham. He's been a sort of a disaster this year. He's played. I mean, he is, I believe he's like 13th in minutes played, but like. I mean, well, all I of his talk about like, yeah, the star. Horrific. I don't think to t- destroy is trying to lose either. I think they're just two and 15 just because like the young core is like just not clicking. Uh, right now. The other guy that I think has been much worse than I expected him to be. And I'm, I'm surprised, but is uh, George's Niang, I think has been very bad for Cleveland in terms of like, he's literally supposed to be there to just shoot threes. And he's been pretty much unplayable. Well, um, look at Jordan Poole. Like Jordan Poole is like, you know, if there's a triple crown of badness, Usually, like the guys who lead the league in VORP, like values over replacement player. You know, you play a lot of minutes, and so your stats rack up. Jordan Poole is even the worst negative per forty-eight minutes. So, you know, so minute bad. to minute, he's still winning the the ring. Now, I will say, if we want to do some galaxy brain stuff here, right? Maybe Poole is actually the most valuable player valuable because like, the Wizards yeah. are trying to lose. So, so who he, are they going to get? Reed Shepard? Oh God, Who's going to save this thing? <laughs> Reed Shepard. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, it is It is such a battle. Like, we have talked a long time about how the NBA is in a good spot. There are a lot of stars. There are a lot of young guys that you're really excited about. But, like, you deserve a lot of credit that I told you that on Golden State, like, I thought Jordan Poole served a purpose. I thought he was an, a, a big-time success story, right? He was unplayable when he got into the league. He listened in Golden State. They paid him a contract they didn't need to pay him, right? But they did because he was a big part of what they did. He had some big games for them in the finals that mattered. And he's gone from like a very promising, you know, even if it's just a six-man score, like even if you're Lou Williams, right? Or even if you're Jamal Crawford, like that player is valuable. He has gone from a player that like I thought was going to be a very good player in the NBA to a guy that like, I, I, I guess he won't be out of the league because like he is still talented, but he's like totally detonated his career. It's it's like pathetic, and I, it's I'm, weird because like yeah, you thought I I thought you know I can't came around to Jordan Poole because I'm like when the, Steph was out in that first round, I forgot who they played that year. Memphis, um, and, right? Yeah, and but he like averaged twenty, looked really good, looked like yeah, he, he was average like, like twenty five without Steph. We thought, um, and it's just like hasn't. I mean, I don't know what happened. Maybe that punch. It was like, <laughs> did you ever see Gilligan's Island where like, <laughs> um. Gilligan gets hit in the head with a coconut and suddenly he's like really smart or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he gets episode. hit again. There's a lot of, you know, old sitcoms like that. I you think that's what happened me. with Jordan. You remind Poole. me a little bit of the skipper. Just, you know. Oh, great. Um, a leader, but also kind of arrogant. And, you know, was the skipper arrogant? young people? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Thurston Howell was arrogant, right? The rich. Yeah, guy. Thurston Howell was arrogant. Um, but yeah, Poole got punched in the face. It just rattled his brain. And he yeah, and so normal. he needs to get punched again. That's like the cartoon logic. No, I, I'm telling you, here's what I think about Jordan Poole. So I actually, this this theory isn't going to be as good because I do think Josh Allen has actually played really, really well this year and just been really unlucky. But like, remember, we used to think about like Josh Allen and be like, this guy's never going to be a good quarterback, right? And when the yeah. Warriors drafted Jordan Poole in the first round, I remember thinking like, this guy's never going to be a good NBA player. Then they made deals with the devil. So they had this like 18 to 24 month period of time where they're like, wow, this guy's going to be amazing. Like Josh Allen in that, that year with the chiefs where they lost, he was like incredible that season. Yeah. And then he wasn't so good last year. And I was like, ah, the deal expired, but now he's playing better. So I don't know about that, but that's what I think happened with Jordan Poole. Like everything just went right for him for like 18 months. And then he got paid and all of a sudden it was like, all right, whatever. And he just doesn't care. I I, I tend to agree with you because I have Josh Allen in fantasy, like the quarterback for the bills. I think he's played pretty well this year. <laughs> Fantasy wise, he's been a monster. He had nine rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he he um, leads the league in total touchdowns. I think. And yeah. he, I, I did. I think I sent you this, but you know, not that PFF stats were like the BLN though. But he has thirteen interceptions, and PFF only has him as twelve graded turnover worthy throws. And like, 
Yeah, I, I think, and I thought Ken Dorsey was a scapegoat there. I think he's playing pretty well. I they think have the a defense they, is... they have a hundred. Their point differential is a hundred and one, and they're six and six, and they fired their offensive coordinator. Come on now, is like, there a team like that in to in uh, to circle back to the NBA? Is there a team right now that you think is better than their expected record? Because I don't think we think it's Golden State. Like I think Golden no, State struggles. Are I don't think they're. I don't think they're better than their. Let me see. Um, so, this, this, gold this is, on this is either a good side. question. And okay, you can look at point differentials, usually the best way to look for this. But all right. So I do think, I mean, Memphis has been so bad. I, I mean, I don't think the Lakers are very good personally. Like, and I understand that they're only, they're only 10 and eight, but I watched them against the Sixers the other night. They lost by 40. Like they were in the game early and then it was just over. Like they, they had no chance. They looked horrific against a team that we think is pretty good. I do think, I think, I think Phoenix is probably the one team and I understand they're 11 and six, but I do think Phoenix has another level to go to, you know, they've kind of survived this early season stretch. Who knows when Brad Beal's like going to be like reliable for them. They've gone on and off with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, but like they've gotten really good minutes out of their bench. And I, I do think Phoenix is quite good. Um, and I don't know that their advanced stats bear out that they're very good. Well, and, and we'll then, see what Bradley Beal looks like. They've won seven in a row. I think the then, team to me is the fool's gold team the other way. You know, the Rockets are getting a lot of credit, eight and seven, positive point differential by far, plus four and a half. It's better than the Nuggets. Their nerd numbers are very good. But here's a warning sign, I think. Opponents shooting 32% from three against them. And you might yeah. say, that, hey, that's good defense. That's Adoku. But like, I don't think that's sustainable. It'll work us for sure. There's yeah, variance. I, like, I'd be surprised if they win 35 games. I don't know if there's anybody that I think is like truly, truly. Like I, I think Charlotte is better than what they've shown, but also they just got Miles Bridges back, so I don't I don't really think it counts in terms of like what they look like right now. Memphis is bound to play better because they can't play. So how does this, how does that translate? Because like look, I'm looking at, you know, Bovada has so many like crazy bets. You could bet on the team that Alex Caruso plays with. I mean, he's probably going to get traded, right? Yeah. So you could play. They're saying Philly is the favorite. I don't know if I totally That'd be see a pretty that. good. Philly would be a pretty good. I don't know what they had to give up, but Philly would be a reasonable destination for him. They definitely could use another wing defender. They could use a guy that plays kind of up-tempo. But like, if you're talking about how that translates to bets, so if I think Houston is going to fall, Ime is currently the favorite for Ghost of the Year, plus 500. Maybe he'd win it right this second, but I think they're going to fall apart. So then you look at Chris Finch, Jamal Mosley. Is anyone else... Uh, I think those are the guys. I think Minnesota right now is the one seed. As crazy as it sounds, are, I don't think Min- it's... I think yeah. that's sustainable. Minnesota's the one seed, and I think they have probably been the best team in the Western Conference. I mean, they've beaten, you know, they've beaten very good teams. They got crushed by the Kings, but like, you know, they, they played Oklahoma City Tuesday night. Tough game. They got a contribution from Troy Brown off the bench. I think Troy Brown made three or four threes. Like, huge game. And, and OKC has been very good. Right. Like we talked about this. There there are some things about OKC that I said last week I don't think are sustainable. And I still do believe that. But Oklahoma City is clearly playing teams tough. Like, and you know, they I believe they went to Oklahoma City. They win a tough game where, you know, they didn't get a great game from Ant or Rudy or Cat in terms of like scoring and they figure out a way to do it. They're really good defensively, honestly. Uh, and if they get contributions from their bench, like we talked about it last year, they needed you know, we were like, oh, will they get something from Wendell Moore? Like, you know, will they get something from the kid from Memphis, who I can't even remember his name now, who we who we kind of liked. Um, but, you know, if they're going to be able to get those kind of contributions, I think Josh Minot, that was his name. Um, but they seem sustainable to me. Like, I think well, there's a very, you, I think some people the, call me, you know, the king of the tournaments. You call me Skipper. Apparently, no, no. I said um, you were kind of like this game, but you are more like Thurston Howell. Actually, I would say because oh, that you're wealthy, independently wealthy. I don't think you don't either... like you don't really like mingling with people like me who are more middle class grinders, if you will. I don't think any of these comparisons are flattering. Some people call me Mister Twenty to One because I've hit a few future bets twenty to one, including hopefully this year in the preseason. That's why you listen to the podcast. Chris Finch, preseason pick for a coach of the year. He was 20 to one at the time. Now it's you, five to one. Do you think he's going to win? What's Mark Dagnalt? He's about the same. Yeah. Those are the favorites, with, along with Ime. Although I do think there is a good narrative here. Like, yeah, Oklahoma City winning would be fun. And like people are like, oh, they shouldn't be that good. Right. And I still believe that. And I do think they'll crumble a little bit. But like, 
I don't know if I think the NBA is doing this on purpose, but it does feel like the NBA wants people to really like Minnesota, right? And that may help a little bit in the sense of like they might be on TV a lot more than we think. Like, I think they're, they're not going to be in the in-season tournament, unfortunately. Rudy's the favorite for Defensive Player of the he's Year again. He's been fantastic, honestly. Yeah. He was he was so good on Tuesday night defensively. Like, and again, this will be you know I hope we don't have to like read a John Hollinger column about how like Rudy Gobert should be second in the MVP. Because like he's so good defensively, but like he is really good. And that's why defensive player of the year exists. And it allows their point of attack defenders, you know, their McDaniels. But is that crazy? Like Utah had it was the one seed one year, right? Or something close to it. They were the one seed. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota, if they're the one seed again, like there is a common link here. It's a grind though, right? Like it's an absolute grind. You have to stay healthy. Like, but yeah, Chris Finch, I'm really, I'm really happy. And we've talked about the Timberwolves a lot already this year, but I'm really happy the Timberwolves decided to not part ways with Chris Pinch last year because it would have been easy to pull a David Tepper and just be like, no, this isn't the guy. Let's find somebody new. But like Uh, they trusted their process, if you will. And it it, it has worked out for them so far, right? I mean, they don't look like fool's gold. I, I do think there is a very clear like delineation of the best teams, right? And I think Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, like those three teams, I think have been the best in the East. And then I think Minnesota, Denver, and Oklahoma City have been the best in the West. I would probably drop Oklahoma City down and put Phoenix in that top three. But I yeah, think those that's probably what are I was the six say, like, teams that I think can win the title as of right now. I reserve well, I, my right I, to change, but... I, I agree with you. And the point we're making, too, is like Minnesota could hang on to the one seed. It's hard, obviously. but And I think they are in the top three in the in the West. And I think they're ahead... They're in the tier with Denver, and I agree with you, Phoenix. And are we both saying the Lakers are not in that tier? No, I don't think so. I think the Lakers are not very good. Let me ask you this real quick before we Mm -hmm. we got about a couple more minutes. But the other team that we kind of have not mentioned at all, but Orlando is 12 and 5, and their advanced numbers are good. Mm -hmm. Um, where, Where are your thoughts on Orlando? right now like well that was a team i considered in that houston category because it's mostly like winning with defense and is that sustainable in terms of the opponent's shooting i think it's more sustainable for for orlando than houston their opponents are shooting their opponents are shooting what like mid it was like mid pack i think i looked at yeah i'm I'm looking right now their opponents shooting 53 percent from two their opponents shooting 46 percent against them so yeah 15 15 yeah so like that seems like okay that's not a, a problem i think they they just you know, they're big. They're going to defend well. They're really good defensively, right? They have the second. Yeah. They're, they're number two in D rating. I think the net rating, though, they're in the top 10, right? Yeah. It's hard to. They're fifth in net rating right now. It's hard to win 45, 50 games if your offense is, is below average. But that was a great stat that I saw on Reddit. As Xander Ellison had posted it. That the Orlando Magic have not been in the top 20 in offense. They still aren't, as far as I know. Since they fired Stan Van Gundy, and neither has Detroit since they fired Stan Van Gundy. So there is some sort of weird Stan Van Gundy thing. I told you this. Like, I think Stan Van is a good coach, but you just can't hire him for how he wants to coach at this time. And I actually well, think it it's also a shame. dooms your franchise for the rest oh, of your yeah. life. He's, would you say that um, what's more impressive, Matt Canada not having 400 yards for like 50 straight <laughs> games or this stat? Well, I mean, Detroit, I, look, you're or in, Iowa uh, opening is opening with a first half total of <laughs> 0.5 on DraftKings in the Big Ten title. Well, it shows you like, look, like I think it shows you that the fool's gold of like rebuild and it's such an obvious solution. It's like the NFL, like trade, just trade down for the pick. You know, it's like easier said than done. No, it doesn't work. The NBA, it's like not as it doesn't work that way. Well, it's know? like NBA, like blow it up, rebuild. It's like. Okay, we could do that, but we might be doomed to like 10 years of being bad. Are you okay with that? And I think that's what Orlando did. Like this rebuild might not work. We might get lucky theoretically and get Victor Oladipo. Turns out he's not the transcendent superstar we thought. You know, Alfred Payton, we thought he'd be an all-star. No, it turns out he's not even a starter. He's not even in the league anymore. It's like, it's hard to rebuild. Um successfully and like to to do it you almost have to stack the deck like philly and even oklahoma city did with like tons of picks it took oklahoma city like six years though and they finally they got chet and they traded for shagel just alexander right which was a smart deal for them to make but like it took okc had to get lucky as well right yeah but they also had stars to trade too they traded paul george yeah yeah that's true that's true like orlando treated dwight and remember people thought they won the dwight trade at the time but they just never got anything out of it i do think orlando's problem is that they just 
Paolo has been quite good. Um, he's yeah, he's a nice, really good. I really he's like taking a nice jump. Franz Wagner is good. Mo Wagner has been tremendous. Like, oh, I forgot to say, he was in the top ten in in the advanced stats we're talking about, shooting seventy percent true shooting. Mo, yeah, Wagner. he's been he's been really good. And then they've also gotten really like Cole Anthony. I I, I think I probably do need to give a, like a me culpa on Cole Anthony. Like he has been a very quality NBA guard, which I thought there was about zero chance of. And then the other guy, like, so they they have Gogo Baditsi that they kind of remember he got drafted by the Pacers and he's been a big part of what they do right he is you know he, he really well, Jamal Mosley if they hang on he's probably more deserving to win coach of the year because especially because the, they'll go way over their their season yeah. preseason win total too and if you look at that roster like your Goga you mentioned Goga and Cole Anthony are not you know Rudy Gobert and Anthony Edwards no I mean they're know, getting like, 20 minutes a game out of a guy that was kind of like out of almost on his way out of the league now what I will say is like they haven't gotten a ton of minutes from you know, like Fultz and Wendell Carter haven't really played during this. And I wonder if that means like they, they won't go back to them, but they were playing 30 minutes a game to start the season before they got hurt. But yeah, Pal- I, I mean, they have to be really, really pleased with Paolo, right? Like, and it's not to say that like you aren't pleased with Chet, obviously, and you're not going to look and see like, hey, maybe we'd be better with Chet. But for Orlando specifically and a guy they needed more of a high usage role, maybe it worked out for the best, right? Maybe like they got a player that was going to be better for them and okay, so you got the player that was better for them. Yeah, for, for a team that hasn't been in the top 20 in offense in 15 years or whatever, you need something. I mean, Paolo's uh, averaging 26.5, 4.5 assists, 1.8 stocks on 48, 44. It is not to like 65 crap on Jabari Smith, but it is interesting. He's though. actually like, been better too. Yeah, but like the consensus, like to have him over Paolo and Chet would have been potentially dicey. Have you looked at Jabari Smith's stats this year? But they, Orlando doesn't need him. They have like a bunch of versions of that. Yeah, version. they have like Chuma Okiki doesn't play. They got like Jonathan Isaac, the defensive, yeah. the, the MAGA version of Jabari Smith, if you will. <laughs> the um, honorable version. So um, one second on Jabari Smith. Like okay. he is playing quite a bit is better than okay. people realize. Like his numbers, and he's, he's shooting 38% from three. Yeah, he's, I mean, is he even 20 yet? Yeah, he just, he's 20, right? But he's. His points per game is up. His rebounds per game is up. Free throw, uh, free throws per game are down, but threes per game up. Three point percentage up. Like he has shown some real strides. He's shooting a lot more threes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to give up on Jabari Smith. Though. No, I'll I mean as like that. a good you, starter, you seem ready to give up on Jabari Smith. Well, as a but he's not as good yeah. as Chet or Paolo. Like that is yeah, very. Clear. I don't. I don't see the star potential yet. But like I see like the good starter potential for sure. Always, you know what the the funny thing is like when we have guys and then we'll, then we'll sign off because this is this is neither here nor there. But you know we we look at these draft prospects right, and I don't know that we just did it with Reed Shepard or not. But we I, I have one joke I was gonna fire off before. Well, if you're the Barry Smith, you said he's how old? Nineteen, twenty. Twenty. He's twenty. And you call that very young? I said he's young. Yeah. You know who? Tell it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> We're not. Don't do it. Okay. Never mind. Um, Keep going. But real quick on the draft prospects things, like you know, we have these guys and they're they're top picks, right? So we just automatically assume like, all right, they're going to be stars, right? Because they're they're high yeah. picks. So like, what's a star comparison? But we can roll the tape. I do think I compared Jabari Smith to Rashard Lewis. I think. No, you, I think you did as well. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Like that's that's yeah, the that's thing. very real, realistic, good two way player, and and that's what that's what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah, he was the third overall pick, but like you don't get Michael Jordan every time you draft third, right? And with Chet, like you know, I think we were talking about him as Rudy, and I think he will be better than that. I, I think his ceiling. Well, is if you that. if you could take Richard Lewis at the third pick, you would do it. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Years. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know who was in his draft, and obviously he was a second round pick, but yeah, that's what I think. Like if you're like, all right, you guaranteed yourself. 10 to 12 years of an NBA starter who serves a specific purpose. Like that guy is what you want in the third pick. Sure. You want a superstar, but the fact of the matter is there's not that many superstars. And so, you know, this is my argument with Anthony Edwards for a couple of years is like he, you could see it. He, he could maybe become a superstar. He's probably not quite there yet, even though he has been crowned as such, but like maybe Jamari Smith doesn't have that ceiling. But again, if he becomes like your third best player for a long time, yeah. you're pretty happy. Right. Yeah. And so even though I'm down on Houston, in the immediate term, I think they're going to fall apart a little bit so do I. this year, but the long term, you got to feel optimistic. You got any, you got any other takes, anything else before? No, we get I've been here? muzzled. I've been censored. Um, we just oh, don't want the, you to get, we don't want you to get canceled. That's the thing. And making, uh, making jokes about, you know, Australians is a good way to get canceled. <laughs> if you will. 
Uh, okay. Well, yeah, we're well, excited. We'll see. You know what we'll... Real quick, let's talk about this. You know what the funniest thing about this Josh Giddy situation is? Wait a minute. He, now you're, you're I'm not going to make jokes, oh. but he is just perpetually online. Like he is a very online guy, right? He's like got a pretty active TikTok, pretty active on Instagram. So you know he's seeing all these like memes and stuff about yeah. himself. How do you think that makes him feel? Like it's just it's really interesting because he is very very online. So I don't know. I, uh, well, that that's a bigger broader point too. Like I I think there's the psychological impact because when we were kids, you're younger than me. We didn't have did you, did you have Facebook in high school? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was like it was cool. Like if you're you had an older sibling who could invite you, it was when you needed uh, to be invited. Still, but like this younger generation is the first generation that was like raised, born and bred. Like it's always been a part of their lives. Yeah, the Facebook, of Twitter, media. all that stuff. Yeah, and I think psychologically it'd be interesting how that turns out. I don't think well, but we'll see. <laughs> probably not good. All right, I've never was... met a happy teenager in my life. So I don't know, <laughs> but you probably weren't happy. No, yeah. I guess I wasn't that happy. Yeah. Okay. Right. He is uh, Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. You can email the show, ZanDrielson at gmail.com. A lot of fun things going on. Um, more picks on Bovada next week. But uh, yeah, we will be back next week. And as always, Zan, it's a pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news. 